Okay. Hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> That's good to hear. This <laughs> goofy. No, Lucy Bell. Lucy. Lucy Bell. She's precious. Yeah. She's good. <laughs> like a little cat beans. <laughs> little cat beans. Say something. Talk to the people, Lucy. It's gonna be thousands, millions of people gonna listen to this one day, okay? Say your piece now, or you're never gonna get to hear it. It's the lost tapes of Emma's future podcast. Listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of What a Small World. Today, we are talking to Jacob Hamilton, a 20-year-old male from Mulberry, Indiana. Hello. Hello, Jacob. Hi. Hi. Um... So we're just gonna get a feel for your life. Okay. Here. Right. If you're if you're willing. <laughs> no, absolutely. Just pro brown. Um, could you describe your childhood? Can I describe my childhood? In yeah. like one word or like a couple sentences? Like um paragraph. Just whatever feels comfortable. Five to seven. Uh basically uh is born in uh, home hospital, Lafayette, Indiana. <clears throat> but I grew up in Mulberry, Indiana, which is like a small podunk town in between two bean fields which is kind of close to Lafayette <laughs> it's not you know population of like your average public swimming pool you know what I mean and so I grew up forming a lot of tight bonds with you know other kids close to my age my brother's friends my friends that would just run around you know like I had a flip phone and this was the age when like the iPhone 4 was out so like not everybody had one but it was kind of cool the kids that had one was like oh man <laughs> but like kids played outside more you know you got your knees scraped up uh, and then I guess uh, a lot of my first friendships were forged that way. I also had a couple friendships from birth, like my friends Sam and Lauren. I mean, Sam is my cousin. He's a blood relative, but one of my absolute best friends, you know. You can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends kind of thing. So uh, both my parents, uh, we struggled financially right, right out the get-go, just kind of being young, my mom was going to school, trying to work on a master's in business and administration. And my dad was working in a factory. So times were kind of tough for a little bit, you know, just trying to make ends meet, uh, trying to balance raising two boys that just wanted to fight and get into <laughs> crap all the time. Uh, so my, my, my family put in just a lot of work uh, and we ended up coming out of that. And yeah, things have just kind of gotten better. It's been an uphill well, uh, let's not say that. <laughs> Things have progressed to where they are now. Um, can you describe how you were as a kid? Like, your personality and things that you were, like, interested in? Oh, man. I liked books from a really young age. And it sounds like, oh, I'm a bookworm. But, like, no, I really... <laughs> I, I enjoyed books. Like, I would just turn pages. I was a curious kid. Like, my parents... My mom will tell people, like, I just looked at everything like I didn't, like, trust it. I was always very skeptical and just very aware of things. Even as a kid, spoke really young, but I couldn't walk around too much because my head was way too big. It was like <laughs> took up like all the entire surface area of my body. It was horrible. There was no neck. <laughs> it was just like chin, shoulders. Uh, but yeah, I really didn't get too rambunctious until I started toddling around. But I was always pretty cerebral as a kid. I thought a lot, you know. My, I was encouraged heavily by my parents. How did that affect, like, relating to kids your age? Uh, honestly, it kind of made it harder. Like, really early. Like, not to say, like, oh, I'm sm I was smarter than all of them, so <laughs> no, like, I, I had to dumb myself down. No, that's not the case. It was just genuinely, like, they were like, oh, well, you know, 
their, their stories didn't they didn't have any stories they were kids you know yeah. what I mean like it was different I don't know just there was like a gap to be bridged I guess like my mom always encouraged like open thinking and like don't take everything you know just for granted don't take everything at face value so I would question my teachers and I would question other kids and it was just kind of something that I did like without thinking you know what I mean it was yeah. just something that I was always encouraged to do was think for myself um sorry <laughs> no you're quite all right <laughs> your eyes are so beautiful by the way oh Can I just say thank you yeah you're so welcome <laughs> what are you doing after this <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging out with you oh crazy um I completely lost my train of thought. No, it's okay. You're blushing. <laughs> what role do you think religion played in your childhood? In my childhood? Uh, we were never, like, my, just as my family, like, just to speak on the whole of us, uh, we were never really, like, a church-going type, you know, not even on holidays some years. Like, we would go with other family, or I would go if I, like, stayed the night at a friend's house on Saturday. He'd be like, oh, you got to go to church with me in the morning. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, I didn't bring my Sunday vest because I don't have one. <laughs> I had ripped up jeans and band t-shirts, but, you know, they didn't really question it. <laughs> but, uh, so it, it was, it was definitely played a role, like, my dad, I don't think knows. I think he's very much the agnostic. Like, I don't know. Something put us out there. Something created this universe. Something set these rules. I just live by them, you know? Yeah. It's vain to think that you or a book or some other guy could tell you anything about that. I think that's his viewpoint. And then my mom was very much like a, you define your own relationship with God. There is a creator. There is something out there. And I th it's very much up to you to forge that relationship. And not, there's no church. There's no group of people that can tell you how to do it. You know, yeah. the book isn't going to, that doesn't have all the answers. Not every word written in there is right. How can we assume that, you know, it wasn't yeah. written by God himself, but she very much is. <laughs> Cat. Cat. She very much is that, you know, you don't have to go to church to be a good Christian, but she definitely believes in some creator, you know, something bigger than ourselves because like, how could you not? Yeah. Even if it's just the universe. I mean, there's definitely something bigger than us. That's fair. How do you think your parents were when it comes to raising you? Like, how do you mean? Like, were they assertive? Were they trying to be your friend? Was it very much like mom and dad knows best? Right. So, uh, like I said, I kind of had a, I was encouraged to think for myself and question things. And well, my mom didn't realize the little monster that she had <laughs> created when she meant she this. She question her then. Yes. And so it was like, oh, well, mom says so. Well, why? Why does mom say so? I didn't just stop there. I wouldn't let it. Because yeah. like, if I didn't have a concrete reason, then what? why can't I go play outside? Why can't I go to my friend's house? Why can't I? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... It very much turned into that, and sometimes she would say, like, oh, she just wanted to hit the meat right out of her. You know, <laughs> not that she ever would, but that was definitely something that she expressed to me. And then my dad was very much, like, the nonchalant. Like, he was absolutely present, and he just was really, like, the, the heavy-handed one when my mom would finally give up. She would just be like, all right, Toby, this is up to you. And then he would just, like, level with me and talk to me, and then he would just be like, okay, yeah, fair. Sorry, sorry. Eh, conversation over. But... My dad was very much the more nonchalant one. I would say that he would have been definitely, like the things that I started getting into at an older age, he would have been a lot more, uh, oh, well, that's a thing about it. Than my mom, I think it would have gone probably not so well with her. 
Um, you have a brother. I do. How do you think that affected growing up? I had a best friend and a worst enemy in <laughs> one person, you know? Yeah. Like, if I needed to tell, talk to anybody about anything, and I had nobody else left on this planet, it would be that kid, you know? It would be Ted, without a doubt in my mind. But at the same time, there would be times when we would just argue over the stupidest things, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Her siblings. Right, as, as siblings go, but like, yeah. it would get bad. Like, it would turn, like, Nerf basketball would devolve into fist fights, and like, he would throw a cordless phone at my head. You know, it would just, it would get to that level of like, are you kidding me? And then we would be like laughing at everything the other person said within the next like two hours. It was very much a double-edged sword. It was a best friend and a sparring partner. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your favorite subject in school? Oh, English, literature. Really? Yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely. I didn't really okay so like let me just huge disclaimer i don't like assigned reading like i like to be choose my own book that's why reading counts was always awesome yeah you know but like i never thought anything of my lexile but like a lot of my english teachers would be like oh wow like you you want you really want to shoot up from there but that one's <laughs> going to be hard next time you know like yeah. it was one of those kind of things and i didn't think anything about it it was just numbers on the screen but i always liked turning pages even as a baby and that just kind of developed i became a collector of words i very much enjoy just reading language in general and uh, English, French, any sort of poetry, uh, language can just be such a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. When put on paper, when it's given that form, it can just be absolutely, oh, it's magical almost, you know? You yeah. just develop a love for words and a love for writing and they can just make that language sound so beautiful. Even German, which is just guttural, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. Like, there's just poetry that just sounds gorgeous, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I very much took a liking to English right out of the gate. Do you know any other languages? I know uh, pretty good. I took four years of Spanish in high school. Uh, I speak South Korean, or well, I suppose it would just be Korean, uh, just a little bit. You know, I know like the greetings, like left, right, where's the bathroom sort of thing. Uh, I know a little bit of French from this girl that I really like. She's, <laughs> we've been working on it together just a little bit from time to time. Um, <laughs> And I've just picked up a lot of different words and phrases from other languages, uh, especially like old Latin. Mm -hmm. I, I find a lot of those to be, they, they just encapsulate something that my native language can't. You know what I yeah. mean? An emotion or a feeling. They just have phrases for that that the English language doesn't. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> um, so you mentioned that relating to kids when you were younger was really hard. How did that transform into like, having your first crush and like relationships oh man so i like as a kid it wasn't like a oh i have a crush oh sneaky sneaky because i was always taught like hey man if you have something on your mind just say it you know what i mean yeah. like there's no reason not to be forward with somebody well what my parents didn't tell me went along with that anecdote is that when you are forward you have to be prepared to be disappointed or for backlash. <laughs> Rejection. And as a kid, you know, uh. that's a little tricky. So kindergarten, 2000, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, just to put the setting is kindergarten. We were all like lined up in circles and desks. And uh, I it was Brooke, just this blonde girl with green eyes, super cute, you know, like yeah. all that stuff. It was just like, oh, she's really pretty. So I recess, you know. I walked past the kickball game and the four square and the jump rope. And I, I asked, so I was just like, hey. I, I have a crush on you. I have a crush on you. Just told her outright. Like, ballsy little kid, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want to go back and smack myself. Like, you got to be more socially aware than that. Because what did she do? She turned around. She was like, weird. 
right? You know, she yeah. was like, oh. And she just kind of like looked at me and like just like shook her head. And I was like, oh, oh that's okay. No. Hey, that's okay. We we strike out sometimes. That just happened to be my first pitch, you know? Yeah. Um, but now, no, I definitely, it was mortifying as a yeah. child. Oh, oh yeah. Terrible. No. Uh, we, I ended up actually, uh, we ended up getting into like a verbal disagreement after that. Whoa. Because I, it wasn't to do with that, but I was just kind of like, Angry. I will. I wasn't angry. I, I definitely was frustrated. <laughs> no, <laughs> You're a five-year-old who just got milder. rejected for the first time. So basically what ended up happening, we were like working on coloring or like AB, whatever kindergartners work on some shit yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? And like, it was probably like, I don't remember what sparked it. It was probably like, oh, can I borrow that purple crayon? Well, no. No, you can't. You, you turned me down in front of the entire kickball game. No, you can't have a purple crayon, you know? And so a verbal agreement or a verbal disagreement broke out. And my kindergarten teacher actually had to like separate us and put us in the hallway. And she was like, what's going on here? And then like, it got way too personal. Like she, uh, we just both unloaded stuff that was going on at home. You know what Aww. I mean? It was kind of one of those things. But that was my first crush yeah there's <laughs> that that's that's the story that's the tea Aww. um what was your first kiss like my first kiss ever it was actually really nice i know a lot of people it's a horror story you yeah. know it's it's not like i wouldn't say it's like a rom-com but it was definitely like i have loved two people in this life and the first person that i loved it was like a four-year relationship in high school and uh it was my first everything you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we started really young. <laughs> it was way too young. Jesus Christ. But either way, um, we were, we, we had gone to see like the Hunger Games 2 <laughs> or the Hunger Games 3. I don't know. They were all the same movie. It was kind of a flop. The books were yeah. better. Yeah. I digress. Uh, we were on the car ride back and we got lost. Like we couldn't figure out Google Maps. And my mom was driving and my cousin was asleep, quote unquote. She turned out to not be and she gave me <laughs> shit about it forever. Oh, no. So... Yeah, shout out to Ali on that one. Um, caught. Caught. <laughs> Red-handed. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, I guess, you know, it was like just like, oh, I guess we're lost. Just hold hands. <laughs> and then it just kind of like, we both leaned in at the same time, kind of like bonked heads, but like, I don't know. Aw. Yeah. Nothing more romantic than your mom driving in the rain. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much exactly it. Back, back of mom's Jeep Liberty, man. Um... How did you meet her? We, she moved around a lot as a kid and she just ended up in small town, Indiana, Clinton Prairie, graduating class of 70, you know, in the <laughs> middle of two freaking cornfields uh, off of one highway that has no other uh, like inlets. You know what I mean? Like she just ended up there of all the places she'd been to New Mexico. She'd been all Texas, all over the place. You know what I mean? And she just ended up there in Frankfurt, Indiana somehow. And we were in the same science class, right? In seventh grade, it was big stuff. <laughs> I, I asked, oh, you had chemistry I, with your crush? Yes, I did. I, <laughs> we definitely, it was cooking for sure. But, um, you know, I had just gotten out of a disheartening sixth grade breakup the year prior. Oh. It was really rough. I still haven't gotten over it. I'm 20 years old. No, <laughs> but uh, I had just gotten out of that and I figured it was enough time, you know, the appropriate amount of time to move on, right? Of course. And so I ended up uh, asking her out on the way to the bus, you know, on the way home. I know it's very grade school. <laughs> I asked her out on the way to the bus and she said no because somebody else had asked her out oh, that day no. and she really wanted to say yes. And I saw it in her eyes and she was like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. 
and she because she, she had started dating somebody literally that day somebody had asked her and she we had been flirting and she didn't think i was ever going to ask her out and so that ended up happening and then a year later right eighth grade we end up at the school dance together and um i went over to the punch bowl and like i saw her like just kind of like sitting there talking to her friends and i was like I don't know. I thought she, I saw on her Snapchat story that she was going to be here with somebody. Aww. It turned out that her day had bailed on her and I didn't have a date. I went stag. Right. And so uh, her friend was like, oh, Haley, are you dancing with anybody? And uh, she was like, oh, no. And then it's like, oh, Jacob, what about you? Oh, no. And then they like pushed her at me. And then we, it was during a slow dance. And then we just started texting. And I think I asked her out the next day. It's mm, so sweet. Yeah. Um... What was your first job like? My first job, like real, like paid salary job, yeah. not like doing not um, yard work, right? Yeah. So basically, like chores. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Plato's Closet. Oh God. You was leave, it? No, yeah, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I thought it was Pizza King. Sorry. No, Pizza King came after Plato's Closet. Oh, okay. Sorry, Miss Interview Lady, who doesn't know me. How do you? <laughs> I don't know you. Oh, at all. oh goodness! <laughs> Shut Anonymous. up! Answer the question. <laughs> Gun to my head. Help. 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 <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but what ended up happening, Sam, my cousin that I, the aforementioned Sam, my best friend uh, from youth, uh, he was like, yeah, I just played at Plato's Closet. And I was like, had just recently discovered that the Xbox One was <laughs> like $400. Oh, so I was like, no. all right, got to make some dough real How quick. old were you? I was probably, I just old enough to get a work permit. Like, like I had 14, to go to 15. had to probably like had to go to my school to get oh like yeah the, you know what I'm saying get the necessary yes. stuff. Yes, I forgot to work. you had to go to right. school to do that. That's yeah, like a whole weird. thing. You needed your school's permission. Yeah, it's just like oh well, he's flunking. He can't. He doesn't. I don't weird. know. I yeah. Uh, I honestly have no idea what that's for. But basically, I um. Sorry, I need some water. Go ahead. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just notice every time you pick one of these up, it makes a noise in the mic. And I'm like, oh, Jacob, who's so fidgety just in normal day life. This right. is not the situation. Not how it goes, man. But uh, yeah, so Plato's Closet. Uh, and I was like, oh, do you have like an application? He was like, well, no, but like we can print one off the library. Like they're online. You just print it off, fill it out, take it in. And I was like, oh, sounds good. So we went and we did that. We both got the job. It's great. Aww. Except for it wasn't. <laughs> it was Sam was fine. It was awesome because I, I got to ride with him to work. You know, if like my parents couldn't take me, like we just had, it was a good thing going on. And um, it turned out, you know, it's kind of hard for somebody who's colorblind to sort things by color. Oh, no. So I got into some heat with that. I like one time wore athletic shorts. When I w- that wasn't the dress code. That oh, wasn't the dress code. I know. Not fashionable enough right, for Plato's closet. Right. Yeah, because you know, used clothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's buckle, right? Oh, Hollister. Right. But uh, basically, what ended up happening is I come in one day and they're like, "Oh, can we see you in the back?" It's Aaron. It's the, the assistant manager. Sorry. Beep. Beep that name out. But uh, <laughs> she's actually like a really sweet lady. She had nothing to do with it. The real manager had told her that she had to fire Sam and I. Oh. And just stuck her with that and then went on like vacation. Like went on leave for like a week. Why did she 
feel like you need well, to be Well, here's the fired. thing, right? Is so uh, she takes me into the back and I'm like, I honestly don't know what this is about. Like, did you guys give me a birthday cake? Because like we did that <laughs> we did that for people when their birthday came around. I was like, it's like a little early, but like, hey, thank you. And she pull, pulls me in and just sits down. She's like, we're, we're going we're gonna to have to let you go. The opposite of a birthday right. cake. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. Right. Damn it. I shouldn't have known that wasn't a birthday cake. And so... I and it was I was like, well, why? Like, what's going on? And she was like, well, you know, you don't show up to work on time. Sometimes you just don't show up at all. You leave early. You oh. just like your job performance isn't satisfactory. And I was like, I've literally never done any of those things. I said, I, I broke dress code one time because my car broke down and I had no other shorts to wear. Aww. And so she was like, okay, well, actually, if you pull up your, your work file here, you know, your profile, and she like got on the computer, tap, 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 and she was like, oh, you've never done any of those things. <laughs> and I was like, I know, that's crazy. <laughs> and, she, and she was like, oh, well, I don't really know. Like, this was just kind of put on me, I'm sorry. And she like started to tear up and I was like, no, no, it's Aww. okay. And I was like, you don't worry about it. And I just walked out. And it turned out my my mom was like not happy about that. She was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "Mom, don't call. Please don't call." And she Aww. called them and she was like, "What is this all about? Like these are not grounds to fire somebody. Like if they didn't do it, and, you know, got just laid yes. into Yes. Just went to bed. Mama for, bear style. Right, had to. She felt like of course. Right. Why wouldn't you? And uh, so that settled that situation pretty quickly. So basically, neither Sam or I lasted very long there because. Management clearly wasn't. They didn't want us there. The I don't best. know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who's to say? Not me. Fuck this. <laughs> um, describe graduation. High school graduation? Yeah. Okay, so as I uh, alluded to before, we had a graduating class of 70. You know, mm-hmm. like you couldn't s- take two steps without stepping on somebody that you knew or were friends with. And uh, my high school, there were a lot of. Uh, unfortunate incidents that resulted in a loss of life and it the hallways got quiet a lot and so when we reached graduation it was kind of like a hell yeah we made it like we did it for so and so you know what i mean everybody yeah. had that everybody had one of those people when they graduated it was like we did it for this person you know what i mean or at least that's what it, how i perceived it that's what it felt like for me because a lot of people yeah. were like that was they the didn't consensus get there. right exactly which was sad it was disheartening for a lot of us but like then again, when you think about it, with this graduating class of 70, a lot of these people went to this school from kindergarten, me, all the way up to senior year. Yeah. And you grew and you experienced and you laughed and you cried and you went to art class and PE, you ran the mile, you did the push-ups, you did the pacer test with all of these people. You know what I mean? You yeah. ate with them, you did sports with them. It was a lot for some people like these were just lifelong bonds that we didn't even realize you kind of got the graduation goggles where it's like the like man oh man i want to get out of here so bad and then the second that it hits that you all kind of look around at each other and you realize it's just 70 of you and none of you really hate each other that much you know what i mean you may hate the place or the circumstances and you may hate high school it's hard for me to look back and be like high school was awesome (laughs) graduation really was awesome because it was just we played like wiffle ball with like a tennis ball and a stick and we just had a cookout out on the prairie like after we had our walk and we just had like a little bonfire and my buddy Mitch's and it was just it was everything that it should have been you know what I mean and it made you look around and say hey you know like these people were here for all of it Uh, I forgot to ask you backpedaling a little bit um about sports all right sports played a significant role in your life if you could just Talk a little bit about what sports that entails and 
that journey of yours? So, like, are you talking about? So, so basically, the first. <laughs> yeah, like the what's the like first the very sport? first baseline thing that I was yeah. involved in would have been football. Or, well, baseball. We're talking, like, t-ball. I played baseball, actually, all the way up until I couldn't play it recreationally anymore. Like, where I was old enough to play it in really? school. Yeah. I How played... old were you when you started? I was, like, t-ball age. And I played all the way up oh, to, like... t-ball six... age. I don't know what t-ball age is either. <laughs> How would I know? Like I said, that whole, that whole age like group. Like, six? Right, that whole number. Seven? That little, Give me a range. That little slice of years is, like, a fever dream. Do you re- How much do you remember? <laughs> yes, that? you're a kid. I understand. So, basically, it was, like, t-ball age. <laughs> okay. Take that as you will. Google it. I don't care. Okay. What have you. T-ball age, Jacob Hamilton. And I ended up uh, playing all the way up until like sixth grade, up until where I could have played for the school. And I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. But at the time, I, um, or no, it would have been a little before sixth grade, but either way, it was like those neighborhood kids, you know? It was like Mulberry baseball. Like, we only beat one team, and that was the neighboring small town of Colfax (laughs) or Rossville, you know? Everybody else really just handed it to us. Uh, so I learned to lose pretty young, which was nice. Yeah. Humbling experience right out I the bet. gate. <laughs> Maybe a confidence shaker, but I don't look back on it like that. You know, yeah. but at the time it was definitely like, oh man, ooh. <laughs> but uh, I ended up finding uh, football for like two months. <laughs> uh, my grandpa died and then I was pretty young. I was very young when I started football and I just kind of got sad and it was like, ah. No reason to do this. And then I found running as both an escape and a pastime, which, like, there's something just so freeing about that sport. You just put on a pair of decent shoes and some shorts and you go out and you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no balls. There's no bats. There's no wheels. You just get out and move. It's easy. You pick it up and go. And it's just freeing. It's liberating. You put yourself in a headspace. Runner's high is real, man. That's big (laughs) stuff. And so that ended up carrying all the way up through high school. Uh, I turns out I'm not too bad at it. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't just have to do it for fun, and it just became the thrill of like the chase. You know, running past so many people towards like a home stretch, mm-hmm. and then a couple conference championships and stuff like that later, accolades, blah blah blah. I'm not gonna not gonna brag. Did you, well, High school us. athletics. What did you win? Uh, there was I won conference in cross country two years running. I actually turned the wrong way the second year and then had to backtrack and then and I still, still won, won conference. And, oh then, and my then I said that in the paper. I was like, yeah, I went the wrong way on the damn course, man. <laughs> and they were like, well, we can't put that in the paper. Like you got to censor that. And I was like, oh, it's cool. Like take it as you will. <laughs> and they ended up doing it. But uh, Frankfurt Times, I'm sure I still have that article. <laughs> but uh, I won all four of my conference events one year for track. Um, a lot of conference championships for track. That four by eight team was gold. Me, Walter, Sam, and Ian, man. Dominate, domination through and through. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just a lot of cool things, you know, up through uh, conference, county, sectionals, regionals, semi-state, all the way up to the Laverne Gibson State course. You know, it was just like, got to stay in hotels and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. And then of course I wanted to do that in college. And it turned out I'm pretty damn all right at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like. It never really slowed me down. You know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't really catch up with me until I stopped, actually. Like, I used to have asthma as a kid. I have scoliosis. I have one leg shorter than the other. But, man, I could put on shoes and go out and just run like hell. And I was a horse, man. And so that just became, like, a thing I could do in college. I could balance grades and having fun recreationally and still managing to just get out and get it. You know, I would be sick for, like, a month and then come back and break my PR and get first in the mile. You know, it was something cool. And then I would also get humbled because 
the next year around my sophomore year this previous year there would be a freshman kid that would come up and just i've got like two inches of cigarette tar and in my lungs and this kid's coming out with clean lungs and just spanks me you know yeah. like it's like man you know there's just there's always bigger fish you know what i mean yeah do you think you would still be running now if you hadn't won so much when you were younger absolutely it was never about that you know what i mean like i said before i started as like an escape like yeah. oh well my parents are fighting let's go out and run oh well i'm sad this girl rejected me <laughs> broke up. But, uh, you know you could just get out and move and run and just get away from it for a second yeah. and then it just turned out like oh i'm kind of fast <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean it's something cool how do you think that relationship with winning and losing affects how you view success today how do you mean like when you win a race it's very obvious like you win you won oh you mean like how do i measure success yeah as a, as a result yes i measure success as like you left it all out there whether it's your love life whether it is academically physical anything you know what i mean i'd yeah. say you leave everything that you got out there and you gave it your damnedest and even if you come up short i call that a win you know what i mean yeah like running, I think Steve Prefontaine said it. I'm not going to qu say air quotes verbatim on this, but he said something along the lines of like running is a gift. You know what I mean? And, or no, that's what it is. It's to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Like if you've got a gift, you go out there and use it. It doesn't matter how fast, slow you are. Just the fact that you can run is a gift. Some people can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you get out you move, you leave everything out there. You sweat, you throw up at the end. I call that success. Just like in a job market. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go to interviews, you put everything out there. You just put yourself under this a lot of spotlights it's a very stressful situation but as long as you do everything you can i call i measure that as success i measure that succeeding i like that um so what path did you take to get to where you are now from when you graduated high school like like right off the stage you know like yeah. the diploma shake the hand uh yeah so about that time uh i was considered an alumni you know what i mean i there's 13 years of my life i put into this place like it's pretty much all i'd known for a little while my scope was very limited you know and in, in the grand scheme of things like i had experiences i went places you know what i mean but as far as life goes i'd seen very little you know what i mean so it's just like where to next I looked to Purdue, I looked to um, a lot of other bigger schools, like a lot of people had offered me stuff for running. Uh, the girl that I dated for four years, we had planned on going to IUK together, you know, and I had thought I had pretty solid plans of what I wanted and then things happen and you know what I mean? Scrap it, start over, look for something, find yourself somewhere else, you know what I mean? Did you break up? Or? Yeah, and that was, would have been it, it pretty much <laughs> defined a little bit of my senior year just because it was like all that was my whole high school experience you know what i mean yeah. as somebody that had seen it all and we knew like all the parts of each other you know what i mean like better than anybody else at that point it was tough we leaned on each other a lot and then all of a sudden i have this big next step in life and i didn't have anybody you know what i mean yeah tough but regardless uh things happen i'm, I'm pretty convinced that it had to happen. There are reasons, you know. Um, but we can discuss those another time. You know <laughs> what I mean? But, uh, yeah. Basically, it was just where to next. I ended up settling on Manchester University, uh, Liberal Arts College in uh, North Manchester, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I, I chose secondary education, you know, I know that's not for everybody, not a lot of people do choose it, and that's totally fine, like, I also considered working at SIA, working a factory, 1350, right out of high school, get an apartment, you know, yeah, live life early, you know, I didn't go to college, because it was the path that was laid out for me, it was very much my choice, I chose to better myself, character, experience, educationally, through uh, further education, you know, I decided to become a scholar. How do you think how you were as a kid affects what kind of like major you choose to have in college? Um, so I'm majoring in secondary education, uh, English specified, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I want to teach literature at high school. Uh, I think that the way that I grew up, I was, you know, sad and angry and I had ADHD and I went through struggles just like any other kid does in that yeah. time. And I had a lot of teachers that weren't good. And all those teachers are a lot of times you know, not in my case specifically, but in some cases, you know, the parents aren't the best role models. That's not the most concrete hero figure in somebody's life. And in some cases it does fall to that teacher, whether that's their, you know, legal responsibility, legal job or not. That's yeah. how it comes. You know, they're the ones standing in the crowd at the basketball games. They're the one who come to your track meets when your parents can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's definitely one of those things. And I just hope to be that example of like, look, I got my shit together. Here I am. You know, I sat in that seat where you are right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the whole thing about teaching is I saw a lot of kids get left behind just because they were the unteachable ones. I was the unteachable one for a little while. You know what I mean? Yeah. And whether the unteachable one has a, you know, is predisposed to learning or whether the unteachable one doesn't need it at all, like doesn't need your guidance. You know what I mean? Can very yeah. much solve these problems on their own it's your job as a teacher to get through to those kids and either figure out that they're too advanced or that they're lacking and it's your job to catch them up you know what i mean in a yeah. lot of cases that's your duty as an educator it's not to educate the easy ones you know what i mean yeah like it's pretty easy to teach somebody who sits there and understands it and nods and then picks up packs their bag and leaves you know yeah. if, if if that were all that teaching was it'd be easy you know yeah how do you think that feeling that you were the unteachable one affects how you are in college like as a student i've definitely tried to turn that around you know what i mean because for a little bit you, you hear that so much you believe it you know what i mean yeah. you cause problems in class you can't focus and i was pretty self-aware you know as a kid of just like man when the hell am i ever gonna need to measure a stop sign out <laughs> you know what i mean why would yeah. i ever under any my dad has never done that you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and so i would find myself spacing out looking out windows thinking about what that what you know whatever mm -hmm. and in college as a 20 year old man i still find myself doing that you know it's easy to just slip into that other world and then snap back in when everybody's picking up and you're just like oh cool all right day's over good class and, <laughs> but i've very definitely chilled out i've you know bettered myself through experience and through living and i've just really come to terms with the fact that like I'm definitely not unteachable, but I'm definitely also, I'm more comfortable in the teaching position and the educator's seat. You know what I yeah. mean? Do you find that it's easier to educate yourself rather than somebody be your teacher? Um, That's a pretty loaded question. You know, there's a lot too. There's a lot behind that. Not loaded How question. So? That's not, that's not what I mean by that. It's like just, there's a hefty answer in response. Right, exactly, because it varies. Yeah. It varies for everybody. For some people, like I said, that absolutely their means of learning is through themselves. They're hands-on and they can teach themselves and they don't need your help. And then for some people, they lean entirely on the educator to show them. Yeah, I'm asking you. Me personally? Yeah. So like, how do I 
Do you find it easier to teach yourself rather than have a teacher teach Oh, you? yeah. No, absolutely. I thought you meant, like, in general. Like, no, I mean, like, you... No, personally. me personally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, Especially with English. You know what I mean? Like, I fell asleep during the AP exam, and I woke up, and I still wrote, you know, two eights and a nine and got a five on that. It's definitely something that's always just come naturally to me. I never felt like I needed anybody's help writing. And it wasn't, like, a cocky thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could just sit down and write a page and... You know, like before other kids were learning how to spell their names, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just something my mom had always worked on and she very much imbued me with a love of words and language. And that just kind of drove itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't about like, oh, I'm smarter than ever. Yeah. It was just <laughs> like, oh man, good book. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, that's a good poem. And the St. Vincent Moet. Uh, I'll remember that name. That's a good poet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,. And I don't think that anybody is so smart that they don't need somebody to teach them, you know, at some point. Yeah, no, I was just trying to picture, like, how you cope with your learning disability. Right. And if some of that is more, it's easier for you to learn. It's when easier you to... you set out the rules and you set out right. what's happening if, for if the teach, If the educator doesn't care about what they're, the material that they're teaching, if they don't care about the whole thing that they're supposed to impart onto somebody else, then it's very easy for me to slip out. Yeah. Like, if you're not interested, why the hell should I be interested yeah. in what you have to say? But when a teacher... Like, when it comes to learning from somebody else and not from myself, like, not yeah. endeavoring to study on my own, when a teacher is passionate and they come to class every day and they're psyched to just talk about something that they love and impart it onto people who might also love it. Yeah. Or whether they do or not, they like talking about it. So they could just talk about this shit for hours. I feel like I learn way more from these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like vicariously through passion, I feel like I pick up a lot of knowledge rather than somebody trying to just re read definitions off of a board to me dead-eyed. Absolutely. How do you think that affects who you choose as like your friends today? I think that a lot of what you learn, like I said, I've learned a lot through experience through, and a lot of that experience is through meeting other people. I've met a lot of people that have gotten me into a lot of bad situations and caused a lot of problems for my life. And I've met a lot of people that have caused a lot of good. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't make a generalization either which way, good, bad humanity. You know, that's a bigger question. But like when it comes down to it, I just surround myself with people that could teach me something, but also people that I could teach them. You know, we yeah. learn from each other and you grow together in a mutual bond. It's just like any relationship. That's how it has to be. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Um, do you want to talk a little about about your like current friend group or people that you feel are closest to you? Um, absolutely. Now? My brother, you know, because he's been there through all of it. Grown up, just sparring partner and a best friend. Our relationship <laughs> right now is really good. Like we've talked about before, like, he can make me laugh like nobody else can. And so he'll absolutely stand next to me at my wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how it's gonna be and uh sam and lauren are my childhood friends from home you know uh lifelong uh even when i got to college they were the ones i kept in touch with you know mm -hmm. what i mean that kind of thing uh some friendships transcend distance not all do but some do you know yeah. what i mean the ones that Absolutely. are there um and then i came here my first uh friend on campus was old old chris carroll man <laughs> around the cross-country team we were both arrived early because we were athletes over the fall and he lives in Garver, I live in Garver, and man, it's a good dude. Absolutely, one of my, my best friend on campus for sure. And then Jake and Brad and my soul group, which is like an orientation group for college. It's like just 
literally they were just built-in best friends you know what i mean they're absolutely two of my best friends we chris and i lived in garver they lived in east and we would walk across the parking lot to east hall and just hang out with them in the room just do stupid stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. just college freshman year it's fun what do you think unifies you like as a group our individuality i think is what unifies us i think that we are we can all very much coexist on our own but we all have found each other to lean on when things get tough or to celebrate and party with when things are happy you know what i mean when things are looking up i think that they're very much not just fair weather friends you know what i mean like oh they're going to be with you and say the scripted responses when <laughs> things go wrong yeah. and then kind of check out you know what i mean yeah. like they're only with you on their good days that's not how they are and Like I said before, they're just very much, we're all individuals. Like our friend group has grown a lot. And this house that we have has become a home for a lot of people, a lot of people that I care about. And these people, you know, Chris wants to be the president of the United States one day. Ken is, can I do names? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Ken is an absolute passionist about like theater and about social justice and stuff like that. Ashley Steele is one of the, the nicest, most interesting people I've ever met. Like we all just have these individual things about us that make us very unique. And we all have these passions outside of each other, but we also make room in our hearts for one another. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that that's what's important. It's like we all go out and we do our good things and we do good stuff for the world. And then we come back here and we just talk about it and hang out. Yeah. As a, a non-biased uh, narrator that, right, I, of course, that I am, I've never I think... Met. I think that something that unifies us as well is humor. Yeah, for without humor a doubt, the ability to laugh, thing. you know, yeah. day to day, and laugh at stuff that maybe you shouldn't laugh at. No, not which... al- it's not always <laughs> not always is the case. I've always appreciated that right. aspect because, like that, you know, you talk about death and you talk about sadness and you talk about these things that are inevitable and going to happen, and mm-hmm. you can either just let it kick you in the nuts over and over again because it's going to man that's life yeah you know i mean it's a roller coaster it's got ups and it's got downs and some are steeper than others but at the end of the day you get to pick people to be there next to you and to take within memory when you do eventually shuffle off this mortal <laughs> coil you know what i mean yeah and i just think that we've all found that just people to laugh with yeah um you mentioned a little bit about our home yes do you want to talk a little bit about oh abso- absolutely <laughs> This home that I'm, you know, that I have previously mentioned, uh, it's an apartment my girlfriend and I are currently living in with our cat. Um, I very much am in a happy, stable place. And sometimes it's hard because, like I said before, you know, it feels like life's always winding up. But, you know, eventually you learn to just accept that and know that some people are going to stick by you and some things don't have to change you know what i mean yeah and you just take it as it goes and right now i'm really happy you know i've got good friends and a house and this really cute girl that i keep talking <laughs> about so much she uh has do you want to talk about the that relationship in a second if okay. she has the patience let Sorry. me get through this <laughs> um this girl that i'm talking about uh She's given me a home and she's, well, we've made a home for each other here. You know what I mean? But she's definitely given me an opportunity to further my life here. It, things would be a lot different and a lot more difficult were that not the case. 
So you need me. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Entirely dependent. No, not in the slightest. But at the same time, I can very much be vulnerable enough around you to admit that I like having you a lot in my life. Me too. Do you want to talk about like the start of our relationship? Yeah, absolutely we can. Uh, so like you want me to start the like the start starting, like first time I saw you start? If you want to. Uh so the it's first time the I saw you was at a uh I can't say the name of the club, right? <laughs> it's like it's a gay club. It's a gay club. You know what I mean? That's what it's for, yeah. you know, non-binary. Uh, but also allyship. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like for allies and stuff yes. like that. It's definitely just a safe place. It's a safe place. It's what it's supposed to be. Yes. And um, for Manchester students to talk. So one of my friends early in on in campus and I were thinking, all right, you know, we heard about this thing secondhand. It's kind of hush hush. Like, sounds cool. We'll show up as allies. Secret club. Right. Meeting. A little secret club meeting. I'm a freshman. Okay. I want in. No, but I decided to show up as an ally from a very young age. I've always been very passionately. You know, I, I know people, I myself, I'm a white cis, you know, male, like, yeah. you know what I mean? But that doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Cause when it comes to what I believe in, I believe that love exists between However many people uh, it's agreed upon beforehand. Yeah. But those as people long as can it's come consensual. in. Any, yeah, exactly. As long as it's consensual, what the hell does it matter? Exactly. So my point is, show up as an ally. Uh, and I see this cute girl in overalls just kind of like sitting, just <laughs> running the whole shebang, like colored hair and all that. And I was like, oh, little rainbow girl. She's pretty damn cute. Like, so I asked my friend, I was like, you think she swings my way? You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, I, yeah, just maybe. Maybe she swings both ways. Who's just saying? <laughs> And uh, my friend was like, yeah, I don't think so, man. Look where we're at. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. <laughs> and she happened to look at me and my friend, who was a female, and, you know, <laughs> see that she she drew the conclusion through <laughs> clues, physical, appearance. physical appearance clues that we were an item. And so she was like, all right, off limits. And so I thought she was gay and she thought that i was with somebody so there you go there's that first first interaction <laughs> ever pretty cool uh it ended up we um some time passed i got, got into, into a different relationship. different relationship even not more with that girl either not with that girl not who i got assumed in, got into a different relationship and uh a lot of substance substance issues and there was just a lot of problems you know what i mean so that didn't last, obviously. And as soon as that shit show was over, I was like, oh man, I wonder if that girl, I wonder if that girl's still, you know, like, <laughs> she's pretty cute. So I had her out for coffee and I told her that I liked her back. And I liked you for so long. I know. <laughs> the whole relationship, I was just like, ooh, that chick of, Ooh, that boy. Ooh, that chick of Ooh, that boy. Oh. Who him is. Oh. Oof. Oh, damn. Yeah, you were pretty cute. You had a nice butt. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, had her out for coffee, and that's pretty much the rest. You know what I mean? Do you want to talk about our breakup? We could talk about our breakup. You want to move past that? No, it's just, I think it's a natural part of... No, like, absolutely. Like, so basically, uh, a couple months after... I mean, how many was it? It was like six months Right, six months or so after... Uh, I got involved in a play and a lot of academic stuff and I had stuff going on in my life life. Uh, 
this girl and I went through a really hard time. A lot of miscommunication ensued, and we did end up breaking up. Um, the summer passed, and you know we were with different people, and none of it worked. You know what I mean? It wasn't the same. Not even close. And so, yeah, you, this girl <laughs> uh, called me. I was really drunk. I was actually at another girl's house. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you call me and I'm like, oh my God, right now? Are you fucking real? Like, I've been waiting to talk to you at this point, but it's just like, really? Like, right now? So I answer the phone. And you sounded like you were like sad, but like happy to be talking to me. I, was I like, cried a lot. Yeah. I wasn't expecting you to answer. Right? No, I wasn't expecting to be able to speak. <laughs> to be <fair. laughs> but um, yeah. And then so we talked about it, and we talked about things, and we decided that as of right now, you know, I like this person. She likes me, and. Lo and behold, she just, like, comes and visits me one day, makes, like, a two, three-hour drive, and meets me after I get off of second shift at the factory at, like, 1 a.m., and she comes and is waiting in my driveway, and then then the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) To be abundantly clear, it was very obvious that we were probably going to get back together. Oh, yes. But, like, we needed to talk in person and... Oh, and I chose 100%. it to be a surprise. Yes, I'm. I like. I was surprised. Then I took her to my old high school and out on the track, where I got those road awards. <laughs> the <laughs> glory days. That's where I peaked in high school, man. <laughs> no, and we danced on the football field under the stars. It was pretty storybook. Yeah, we like storybook. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, you want to talk about our daughter? <laughs> yes, let's talk about our kid. So Lucy Bell Jones. Lucy Bell Hamilton Ayers is <laughs> Why is Hamilton first? Because she loves me so much more. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so this girl that I like, who shall not be named, uh, she um adopted this little cat, this little little furry bean, little fuzzy head noggin, and it just came and changed her life forever, and then subsequently changed my life forever. And she screams and <laughs> and talks to us, and she's... I'm not convinced she's a full cat. I think she's part, like, weasel or something, or maybe bird. She makes, like, pigeon noises, like, Whoa! like she'll just make that noise in your ear. <laughs> and my favorite is when I'm, like, sleeping at 2 a.m. and she'll just jump up on my chest and it <laughs> right in my face. Like and I like try to pretend to be asleep. Like maybe she'll leave. <laughs> and I go and she's got food and water. And then she just I'll follow her into the living room and she'll do that little trot. And she's just talking the whole time and then she'll just fall down on the living room floor and look at me. It's like oh, you just wanted me to come hang out with you. So yeah, she's basically my daughter. I have absolutely claimed that <laughs> she is. One of the very illuminating presences in my life. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the ghost in our house? We could talk about the ghost in our house. Because I feel like that's a good transition to... As long as the ghost is comfortable. Why I think Lucy goes... Meh, 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 and right. then flops in the middle of the living room. Right. So basically, we, we'll talk about this briefly as not to make anything uncomfortable. but um, <laughs> As to not evoke the spirits. Right. But we do believe... With all a fair amount of evidence, you know, I'm somebody who's very much like, oh yeah, I've heard stories about it, and I've had experiences that are inexplicable, 
maybe there's an explanation. And then things happened in this house at a frequency that I can no longer validate as like a natural thing. You know, knobs turning and stuff falling off of things that I didn't touch mm-hmm. at a trajectory that I can't recreate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's very much the cat like playing with nothing yeah. and just kind of like staring past us, like really spooked, you know? It's yes. different things. Um, but I, I think that it's harmless as far as things seem yes, to be going. Yes, knock on wood, hopefully. Um, and I believe that once we get out of here, it can have its, they can have their house back and everything will be okay. Agreed. Agreed. Um, do you want to talk about hobbies that you have? Yeah, I have a lot and I've had a lot. Some of, you know, for me, like hobbies have always been a thing just like past the time. I'm very ADHD brain. I very mm-hmm. much fixate on things for a little bit. And then I'm like, all right, well, I mastered that. And on <laughs> to the next one. So like I can blend teas. You know, I also had insomnia. So I had a lot of time to kill. I figured I'm just wasting it staring at my ceiling. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would write poetry or I learned how to blend teas. I learned how to fight with a bow staff. Um, learned a lot of martial arts and kata forms and stuff like that uh, that I hadn't learned in any studio or anything like that, you know what I mean? Just brushed up on a lot of different things and just kind of well-rounded myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I just figured like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll be pretty decent at a lot of things and I'm sure that this will come in handy and lo and behold, I can it make does. make tea for people <laughs> in the morning and, you know, chop firewood. chop firewood and build a campfire using matches and butane and you know, yeah. just I've definitely picked up a lot of things over time that have come in handy. And then some that haven't, like skateboarding. Used to be super <laughs> good at skateboarding when I was like 14. Tony Hawk, Nigel Houston, uh, Rodney Mullen, Greg Lutzka. Oh, yeah, man. Had my own custom boards and everything. Wore the hell out of some shoes. And I don't skateboard at all anymore. Recently, I picked up meditation, you know, late night or making time for myself. Uh, just things come in and out you know what i mean yeah um can't remember if we talked about your current relationship with sports um yeah i think we discussed it okay um what do you do for fun on the weekend uh for fun on the weekend i i mean it varies you know i have these hobbies the concrete ones that I have today are like, you know, writing, um, playing video games with my girlfriend, who I, <laughs> again, love very much, playing with my cat. <laughs> I hopefully running, going on walks, going out to the woods, building fires whenever my friends are around, just living, you know? Yeah. Being present, I think that's a big thing. How have you dealt with the coronavirus? Same thing, just living, you know, watching the world go to shit like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. uh, doing what I can, you know what I mean, day to day. Yeah. Uh, making, again, this has been a perfect time to make new hobbies. I've uh, been just kind of vicariously working on French with, <laughs> in, you know, this girl. And uh, like I, I picked up meditation during this thing. I really just, again, it's just more time to grow and round myself out. You know what I mean? Yeah. What would you say your relationship is with your parents now? Uh, currently standing, it's probably the best it's ever been, you know? Like, 
it's definitely that thing of like I'm nesting now. I've created a life that I'm uh, there's a path that I'm walking, you know, on my own. I'm headed my own direction. They did their part and they did it really well. I think I turned out pretty decent, pretty well rounded, you know. <laughs> so my parents are very different people who love each other a lot and they had a lot to teach me respectively, you know, from two yeah. different worlds and so I didn't really see that growing up, <laughs> though. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, who does? You know, when a kid, 10 can't see 20. Like, the whole time your parents are telling you, like, oh, don't do this. Don't touch that stove. And you touch it, and it's hot. But it's because you got to learn for yourself. You got to make yeah. those mistakes, and you got to learn. And I figured that's what I was going to do. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to make mistakes. I'm young. And then I made a bunch of mistakes that were like, damn. Should listen to my mom. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But so now, uh, Whereas it used to spark a lot of arguments between us, uh, I feel like I just have learned and lived and experienced a lot, you know, on my own. And I can take that experience back and just share with them as they, uh, I mean, they've just done so much for me my whole life. It's impossible to repay it, but just to let them know even like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. You guys did a really good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you gave me all the tools necessary <laughs> to get here. Yeah. And, and I think they respect you as an adult exactly. as well, which is really important. Right. And now I can just go back and, you know, hang out yeah. and just be with them. and Being really an equal and not necessarily right. a kid. And really appreciate, like, yeah, all the more just what they did for me, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm where I'm at because of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not everybody can say that. Yeah. And they're very lucky to be able to say that. Exactly. Without a doubt. And your parents are both together of and all... they both love you a whole lot. Right what's the best for you exactly so of all the shit that's like happened to me you know what i mean one thing that i can say has been consistently constantly good is just my parents like i've always had a place to go back you know even if they fought even if my dad or my mom went through trouble my mom's sick a lot my dad has struggled with plenty of issues you know what i mean yeah. and they just continue they are like any good people they continue to better themselves they don't cap out when they get older they don't think oh well i'm i'm done growing i'm gonna settle <laughs> yeah. they learn and they better themselves every single day Absolutely. Um, do you want kids someday? Uh, nah. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I absolutely think that that's a big thing for me. You know what I mean? Is to create life is just a gift that people are given. Whether Whatever religion you believe in, agnostic, you believe that the world, you're a nihilist and the world is shit, it doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? I do think that... Uh, just that ability to create life and cultivate this little flame, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just something that's so beautiful. And it's not really, you can't take the wheel and you can't let them have the wheel because shit will go wrong. Yeah. Either way, you kind of just got to guide them and nudge them along, you know, keep them on the right path as much as you can. How do you think your relationship with your parents affects you wanting kids? Uh, I think that it's definitely like, I mean, I turned out pretty fucking awesome, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm at a point now where I can just be friends with my parents and go back and just talk to them and hang out with them and just, I'm my own person now. But I was at one point their baby and then I was their kid and then I was their dickhead teenager. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm absolutely willing to go through all of that because all that my parents can say is that they look back and it changed their lives for the better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they enjoyed every second. Like, why wouldn't I want something like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you know, like, do you have an idea of how many kids you want or, um, like, specific ages? I know some people feel very strongly about, I want four kids and I want two girls and two boys. And, right. And what do you think? Well, I think it's 
unfair to set any sort of expectations just because life can play out either way. You know what I mean? There's no telling, but ideally, I definitely want more than one kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two, three, four, five is a lot. <laughs> five is a lot. <laughs> but that's, you know, as long as you can financially support them and give them the best life that you can offer, you know, you're going to be... It, parenting is just kids having kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the way shit goes. You're going to mess up just like you would, you know, you can make the same meal a hundred times and you're going to fuck up one time. You're going to undercook the eggs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're going to not be looking and your kid's going to freaking stick a fork in an electrical outlet and just spark them. Their hair's going to stand straight <laughs> up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's going to scare the shit out of you. And then you're going to be mad. They, that's just the way that it is. It's kids having kids. You're experiencing and learning along with them, you know, mm -hmm. especially for that first one. And I think that that's really part of the big journey you know what I mean oh yeah and that's why there's such a thing of like responsibilities because you have to know what you're getting into you have to know that that's the responsibility you're taking on it's you know yeah another life um what so you've mentioned previously that you want to be a high school English teacher yes what kind of path from where you are right now do you have to take to becoming a teacher. All right, so I've completed two years of uh, schooling. I've got two more to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, uh, four years of schooling speaks for itself, especially, I mean, Manchester University's education program is fucking dynamite. You know what I mean? They <laughs> yeah. give you more experience. That's what drew me. You know what I mean? It's because you can fill somebody's head with as much definition and theory as you want, but it doesn't make them a good teacher. It's the experience, it's that classroom, it's that talking to a teacher who's been in the game for a while, it's all that that makes that experience, you know what I mean? Yeah. So in terms of where I need to go after that, I think just right into work, you know what I mean? Hopefully back to my old high school, give back to them, coach a cross country or track team there at a small, you know, developing underfunded school, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But what public school isn't nowadays, it's, I think that that's definitely the next path is just four years of schooling, get licensed and get a classroom with my name on a desk. Um, so where ideally would you picture living? Um, somewhere reasonably close to home just because, you know, I can once if my end game works out and I do become a professor, I can go anywhere. You know what I mean? I've got the money and the sabbatical leave. I could just go study in Iceland and ride horses in the mountains and visit castles. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just, I can do anything that I want to do at that point. But I think that for me, family and friends and roots have always been something that's really important. And I can travel, but I'll always come back to the same place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that you can go anywhere and you can experience and you can learn, but your roots always stay the same. So probably somewhere close to home, somewhere, hopefully rural. I, I do as much as I want a cabin in the woods. That's not, you know <laughs> what I mean? That's not super realistic. But if I'm talking about, you know, being with a certain girl forever and having kids with her and our little cat, you know, it's definitely somewhere suburban. Yeah. And life's all about compromises. Exactly. And yeah. somewhere outside of a big city, somewhere that... Close enough that we could drive. Right. That's how I don't. Um, what kind of dream pets would you want? Oh, man. Two dogs and a cat, I think, is the perfect ratio. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I was one of the snake growing up, but that's not again realistic <laughs> for like babies and stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want. Be, I don't want but... some like grass snake. You know what I mean? I want yeah. a big boy. You got to feed like hamsters too. <laughs> yeah, like no. Small children. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like two dogs and a cat, man. I think that's perfect. Or do you want? Are you talking about names too? Or no. Like, okay. I was just talking about general. Do you have any sort of like bucket list goals that you would like to achieve? I want to leave the country and drink in a tavern, just like a pub in <laughs> Ireland or, you know, somewhere of the sort. And I want to walk out and feel the crisp air and smoke a cigarette and just look at mountains. Yeah. That. That? <laughs> that, that feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there anything else? Oh, there's plenty, but I got... You know, it's a long list. Like, okay. Uh, at some point, I want to have a cheese grater in my house. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. There's little stuff and big stuff, but I think that the first thing that came to mind is just that feeling. Marriage, kids. You know what I mean? Absolutely. How do you picture our wedding? Um. Sorry, you caught me off guard there. They're moving a little fast here. No. <laughs> no. Um. I think I picture all of our family getting together and liking each other a lot, which might be a lot, might be a bit optimistic, but I think it could happen. You know what I mean? And I picture all of our friends being there and standing up and having nothing but good things to say about us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I picture it being, I mean, it's really just kind of feels like a given at this point. You know what I mean? So, um. <laughs> Not that I take you for granted, but just like I definitely am. I could leave you at any moment. Right, yeah. <laughs> I could drop you like a hot potato. But you know, I definitely it's something that I have every intention of carrying out and something that I think is gonna be very beautiful. Yeah. I picture what do you think? Spring? Fall. <laughs> fall? Oh, fall would be beautiful and the leaves. Yes, without yeah. a doubt. And it's nice it's enough outside, but right. still cool. Still crisp. It's Pumpkins. Not super hot. And... Perfect. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you picture running being a prominent element for the rest of your life? Yes, hopefully. I think that it's really healthy. I think that those 85-year-olds that you see out running marathons and end up living to be 100 14 you know what i mean yeah. like it's just good for you it's proven to be good for you and yeah. it's just something that's easy to do you know what i mean absolutely and maybe my joints will make a little more noise <laughs> when i get it to be older but i plan to coach track in high school and hopefully maybe one day help coach in college yeah. you know what i mean i think that it's very much an option for me at least even just if it's like volunteer it doesn't have to be a paid position in college if i just got the time you know yeah. between classes and stuff why wouldn't i how do you how old do you picture living i don't think that i can give you a concrete statement you know what i mean i could walk outside and get hit by a bus tomorrow the whole point is living for today in the mm -hmm. present you know what i mean death is certain but the time isn't Again. have you ever pictured what the end of your life would look like ideally you know everybody wants to say like you know, surrounded by loved ones quietly in bed. And, you know, I think yeah. that that's good. I just think that wherever I die, be it in an explosion by shark attack, wrestling an alligator, you know, uh, or even just like, ah, shit, you know, fell asleep at the wheel. 
Yeah, hopefully uh, not that one. No, not that one. But whatever it be, I ideally my death, what it looks like is me passing and being okay with that. You know, thinking, you know what? If this is where I'm, when I'm supposed to go, I think I did everything that I'm supposed to. What kind of legacy do you imagine leaving behind? Uh, the kind you raise a drink to, you know, the kind that you change yourself for the better after, you know what I mean, a little bit. Yeah. The kind that you don't forget, you know what I mean? Yeah. The kind that gets passed down. Your kids will talk to their kids about. Right. Yeah. I think that the legacy will be the children one day, rather than just memory, yeah, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They're the ones who will carry that with them. Right. Without a doubt. I just hope it's a good one. Yeah, I think I think it is. Uh, thank you for being on my podcast, Jacob. Well, you got it. Is there stranger? Anything, is there anything you would like to promote as the final sentiment of this? Uh, the life of man, Jacob Hamilton. No closing lines for me, but if I had to promote anything, it would just be live for today. You know what I mean? Be in the present. Life moves quick, and sometimes it ends abruptly way sooner than you think you know what i mean you can't take anything for granted any day any person give your neighbor sugar you know what i'm saying not metaphorical actual <laughs> sugar <laughs> but you there know hot singles in your right area. damn straight Hit them up. download the clover dating app <laughs> but no uh go outside wave to your neighbor wave at people and they drive by you know hug your loved ones a little tighter pet that dog on the street throw that kid's ball back be a good human being you know what i mean Right. There's no reason to carry bitterness and carry a chip on your shoulder because you might not ever get over it. You might carry it to tomorrow and step out into the freeway. You know what I mean? Just yeah. not paying attention. You don't Absolutely. know. Just live for today because tomorrow is not a given. What a beautiful sentiment to end on. Thank you. You're welcome. You're a beautiful sentiment. <laughs> Stop. <laughs>